0: Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. This is Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk, Season 2, Episode 61. Going to talk more football today, jump back into the two deeps. This time, focusing on special teams and the offense. So the last episode, Season 2, Episode 60, hit on some basketball topics and the defense. So now we're going to shift gears, and let's get started with special teams. Now, Iowa has had really good special teams for several years now. Some of the best special teams play in all of college football. In the return game, punting, really clutch kickers with guys like Miguel Racinos, Keith Duncan, Caleb Shudak last year. You can go back a lot further than that to some really good kickers. I mean, all the way back to the Nate Cading times. There's been some holes in there since then, but Hawkeyes have had a lot of success with special teams over the years. And when they've had good special teams is when they've had really good overall teams. So it's a big part of what the Hawkeyes do. This year, a bit more of a question mark at kicker, but luckily, the Hawkeyes have a great special teams coach in LeVar Woods. He's a great leader of that group. Well, the Hawkeyes, they lost Caleb Shudak. He was third team All-American, making 24 of 28 field goals in 2021. The holder's gone as well, Ryan Grisande and... The Hawkeyes will need a new kicker and holder for 2022. That's a little bit concerning, but again, you know, great coaching there. And they've, they're going to have some competition. Luke Elkin is back at long snapper. Aaron Blom was the backup kicker last year. He's been in the program for a couple of years. But also in the mix is incoming freshman. He's an early enrollee, so he's already there working in spring practice. Drew Stevens, and he's a kid. Who had some scholarship offers. I believe he's from South Carolina. Uh, he chose the Hawkeyes despite having some scholarship offers. He's a preferred walk-on with the Hawkeyes, and I assume he saw the opportunity at Iowa, as well as how successful the kickers have been in the Big Ten for the Hawkeyes. And Tory Taylor, he's back at punter. He's one of the best punters in the nation. You know, it was a kind of a really talented punter group last year across the. Across the conference and elsewhere, but he is back for the Hawkeyes, so that is just really huge. Um, he's going to be really fun to watch now that he's been in the in the program for a while. He's played football for a while. He came in with really very little knowledge of football coming from Australia, and can he even get better? If so, he's going to be really fun to watch this season. See what he can do. He's great at pinning teams inside the ten booming some kicks, 50-plus yards. And you know the Gunners, Ivory Kelly Martin is gone. He's graduated, but Terry Roberts is back. I think he's still going to be doing that. He is just so good at pinning teams deep, downing the ball, and making plays, tackles in the open field. In the return game, the great Charlie Jones came back for a COVID year. He was a heck of a punt returner and kick returner last season and the year before, and joining him, at least at kick return, maybe Cooper degene, he started getting some reps back there last season. he's going to be an exciting player to watch. He's a homegrown Iowa kid, but really fast, and he just he just looks like a football player out there. Well, the hot guys need a really good kicking game, hoping this year with fewer field goals and more touchdowns, but kicking accuracy can really win games. They do have Tory Taylor, the punting duties, Charlie Jones. Another big weapon in that field position game. So overall, I think the special teams will be solid in 2022. But can they get a kicker that they really rely on? That's going to be important. Let's shift to offense now. More and more talk out there about Brian Ferentz being the offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach. And Spencer Petras talked about how good it is getting to spend more time with the offensive coordinator, the guy who knows more about the offense than anyone. And it really just seems to make sense to me. The more I hear players talk about it, the more you hear Kirk Ferentz make comments about it. Ken O'Keefe, most of his career when he was offensive coordinator, he was also the quarterback's coach. And you know Brian's going to have to prove it, that he's up to that task. But typically, it just seems like the offensive coordinator should be working with the quarterbacks more than anyone else, not spending time meeting with the tight ends like Brian was previously. He should be drawing up plays, you know, running through scenarios with the quarterbacks around what to do in different situations when there's a certain alignment in the defense. If they're showing blitz, what's the secondary showing for coverage? That seems like that would be the best use of his time working with those quarterbacks and getting them ready And really comfortable with that offense he doesn't need to be teaching them fundamentals either you know people have talked about that all of these guys go to a quarterback guru now to get the fundamentals down brian needs to be teaching them the offense how to make the best decision to put the team in the best chance for success you know how this works remains to be seen but as far as the coordinator being the one working with the quarterbacks to me that really makes sense Also, Ken O'Keefe is still on the staff in an analyst role, so he's going to be providing Brian with support. And then John Budmeyer has joined the group as an analyst as well. He was a quarterback at Wisconsin. His career got cut short due to injuries, but he worked his way up to be quarterback coach at Wisconsin, so he's got a lot of experience, obviously, with that position. Then, last season, he went to Colorado State. He was their offensive coordinator. You know, you can say, well, Colorado State didn't have a great team last year. Well, their quarterback threw for almost 3,000 yards and over 60% completion rate. And, you know, that was his first year starting. So really interesting move for the Hawkeyes to hire this analyst who has a lot of familiarity with the quarterback position, and he can help Brian come up with some new schemes. Maybe they're going to help the Hawkeyes be successful. Maybe he can help the Hawkeyes, you know, Kind of know what to do and, and and have more success against that Wisconsin defense as well. Well, Kirk Ferentz said that competition is wide open at quarterback. Of course, Petrus and Padilla have more experience, better knowledge of the offense than this point. Joey Labus spent most of last year running the scout team offense. So he just doesn't have the same reps. He's playing a little bit of catch up, but I do like what I hear about Joey. Strong arm, put some zip on the ball. And from people who have seen him throw, they say he can make all the throws out there. So that's that's exciting to hear for the future. And some people got a little bit upset about Brian's comment that Joey will be popular until he plays. And I think that was just you know a little misinterpretation of of what he was saying there. He just saying every quarterback, you know, when you're a backup, you're really popular, and then once you start, then people start looking at the backup quarterback and wanting them in there. Just the old saying that the backup quarterback is the most popular player on the team. I think that's what Brian was getting at there, so don't don't read too much into that. Spencer Petrus appears to be in the lead right now. He's been working with quarterback guru Tony Rassiope on fundamentals. Alex Padilla has a guy in Colorado that he works with as well, but Spence has slimmed down some. Maybe he can move around a little better in the pocket, and that would sure help this offense. He was able to avoid the rush a little bit. And he's always had a strong arm. You've always wondered, when is he going to take that shot downfield? He needs to make that decision and go with it and sling it downfield. need needs some deep throws. And he's been erratic at times as far as consistency and completion percentage. He's never been near to the completion percentage that the Hawkeyes need to be highly successful, you know, over well over 60%. And it does sound like he's more confident and feeling different this year. As he's getting ready to try to lead this team, Alex Padilla, he had his shot last year. He looked apart at times, but his completion percentage was even worse than Petrus, under 50%. Just two TDs and two interceptions last season. But I love the competition with those two guys working hard to get better, trying to win the job and throw Joey in that mix as well. You know, they're just making each other better. That competition has to make them all better. And the Hawkeyes are going to go with the one that gives them the best shot at winning football games. Let's shift to tight end, where the Hawkeyes have a new coach. You know, Brian Ferentz was a heck of a tight ends coach. Look at some of the guys they brought through there. But Albert Abdul Hodge brings in a lot of football knowledge. Sure, he was a linebacker, but linebackers are oftentimes lined up against tight ends, and you know, pass coverage, also getting blocked by tight ends. So he brings. A lot of knowledge to this position, football knowledge. He's also a South Florida guy. He has a lot of connections there, and the Hawkeyes now have three coaches with deep connections to Florida and look for that to become a pipeline to Iowa in the next few years. He's a really high-character guy. Kirk said if there was any doubt in him being able to, to coach tight ends, he won the interview. So he was so good in the interview that they just knew he they wanted him on the staff. It didn't matter what he was going to coach. They knew he would be able to do it. So, you know, really excited to have him out there on this staff. And lucky for him, Sam Laporta is back at tight end this year. You know, there was some talk of him going pro, but he's back and ready to have a huge season at the tight end position. Also back is Luke Lachey. He's going to be a sophomore this year. He had flashes last year, some nice plays. I think he's going to be really good and have a great season in 2022, blocking and catching the ball. You know, the Hawkeyes hit the portal for depth at tight end. They got a big 6'5", 250-pound veteran with two seasons of eligibility left. He has over 500 yards receiving in his career at Lafayette College. He's a grad transfer, had 14 catches as a freshman, 21 catches as a sophomore than the COVID season hit. But nice season last year. He's known as a blocker. And he had 11 catches in one game last season. So excited to have three tight ends that they can rotate in and out of there. And the guys should be set at that position in 2022. And then they need to develop some young guys this season to get ready for the following year. Well, Iowa's running back situation is interesting this year with Tyler Goodson gone. And likely to be drafted into the NFL, you'd think there may be a drop-off in production But I really like the guys that are coming back who got to showcase their skills in the bowl game against Kentucky. Gavin Williams and LaShawn Williams, they're both hard-nosed runners. They hit the hole quickly, they hit it hard, and I was really impressed with both of them in that bowl game. They can also catch the ball out of the backfield, so they're versatile backs. I think they're going to rotate and get most of the touches this season at the running back position. I've heard good things about Devin Hilson as well, the Des Moines kid. You know, he's a big kid at one. He's put on some weight. So he may get some reps this season as well. And don't forget, a couple of incoming freshman running backs with lots of accolades will be joining the team. Jay-Z and Peterson, four-star recruit from Florida, and Caleb Johnson, the Ohio running back. He was committed to Cal, but he saw the atmosphere at Kinnick Stadium when the Hawkeyes beat Penn State last season, and he flipped his commitment over to the Hawkeyes. Also really liking... Liddell Betts as running back coach for the Hawkeyes. He's got that Hawkeye connection, having played for Iowa, Kirk Ferentz, and Hayden Fry, and then a lot of years in the NFL. And some good receivers returning in 2022 as well, starting with the two true freshmen last season, Arlen Bruce and Keegan Johnson. Both guys look like veterans out there. Keegan did have a few too many drops, but I'm sure he'll they'll clean that up. For his sophomore campaign, they were both early enrollees last year. They took advantage of every minute with the coaches to show them they belonged. Arlen was a running back, a running quarterback in high school in Olathe, Kansas. He also played wide receiver at Ankeny during the COVID year. He's a Swiss Army knife. I want to see Brian get a little creative with some ways to get him the ball and open in in space and, and let him let him really run with it. He's a really athletic kid, fast and and quick. And the great return man is back, Charlie Jones, using his COVID year. I could see him breaking out more on the offense this season. He's had some nice plays. He had, I remember a diving catch that he had. I don't know if that was last year or the year before. But, you know, I think you get him the ball out in space as well, and, and he can really make things happen. We see him do it on special teams all the time. Nico Reganey, primarily a slot receiver. He's back again. He's had a lot of snaps, at wide receiver at Iowa. He had that big TD last year against Penn State to take the lead. Jackson Ritter played some snaps last year as well, so it's going to be interesting to see if he's the fifth guy rotating in, or maybe Brody Brecht. I guess he was at practice the other day. Heard that he looked the part of a big wide receiver. He's not practicing too much right now. He's a dual-sport athlete with a 100-mile-per-hour heater on the baseball team, so he's kind of splitting time between baseball and football. There's some walk-on receivers, and then incoming freshman Jacob Bostic may get in the mix this year. He's the only wide receiver the Hawkeyes picked up in the 2022 class, at least on the scholarship. And the two dips. The two deeps for the Hawkeyes, they only list two wide receiver positions, so they don't tell us a whole lot. It has Keegan Johnson and Nico Reganey listed, but really there's four guys that I consider starters. They're going to be getting a lot of snaps, rotating in and out. Charlie Jones and Arlen Bruce in that mix. And probably a fifth guy as well. Well, that just leaves the offensive line. And this is the key to the 2022 season. The line did cause a lot of problems last season for the Hawkeyes. You know, let's not forget the Hawkeyes had 10 wins. But, boy, that offensive line exposed some weaknesses. And the pass protection was just dismal at times. Early injuries really hurt that group. And by the end of the season, especially the bowl game, the line looked whole lot better obviously big void in the middle with tyler linderbaum gone and his draft stock is plummeting by the way because his arms are too short you know i guess they use analytics so much in the in the nfl that a guy with short arms isn't usually going to succeed if you put on the tape of tyler linderbaum you can see what you're going to get so he's probably going to be a steal by someone drafting him late in the first round. Maybe that will mean he goes to a better team, so that may be okay in the end. And also gone is Kyler Schott, the undersized but effective guard. And then Cody Ince, who has battled a lot of injuries throughout his career, has decided to call it quits and no longer play football. So there's some holes to fill, but left tackle is pretty much set with Mason Richmond. He was thrown into the lineup last year. Just got better and better as the season went on. Backing him up is David David Koff, the young guy. I hear some really good things about him. We'll be interested to see if he gets some snaps this year at guard or maybe even right tackle. And then junior Justin Britt is listed at left guard. You know he's a guy I've been rooting for, but he has just been bit with the injury bug for much of his career, and you know hopefully he can stay healthy. Get it done at left guard this season. His backup is Bo Stevens. He's a redshirt freshman from Blue Sp- Springs, Missouri. You know, again, a lot of good buzz about him. Listed at center is Tyler Ellsbury. He's a, a sophomore. Listed as as his backups are Matt Fagan and senior Logan Jones, the converted defensive lineman. And Michael Mislinski is out with an injury. That's why he's not not in there in the mix right now. But you have to remember, when you go back to, to Logan Jones, Tyler Linderbaum was also a defensive lineman initially. When Kirk Ferentz summons you to come play center, you just have to do it and you know try to go get paid in the NFL in a few years. And, and Logan Jones may be able to do that. He may switch to guard. Maybe he'll be our next great center. It will be interesting to see how that all plays out. But right guard is Connor Colby, the sophomore, another kid just thrown into the mix last year he got better and better as the season progressed took some lumps but he just kept getting better and i think he is going to be a monster in there in 2022 right tackle is listed as senior jack plum with backup nick DeYoung, and those guys rotated most of the season last year really struggled plum seems to have taken some steps forward he's really looking like an offensive lineman now he's been trying to add weight to his frame since he got to Iowa, he's about 6'7", 6'8". And, you know, speaking of that, this is going to be a really big offensive line. Last year, Richmond at left tackle was listed at 6'6", 296. I expect him to be well over 300 by, by this coming season. Justin Britt was already 6'4", 302. Ellsbury listed at 6'5", on last year's roster. Colby, 6'6", 298, a big guard again a growing guy just a sophomore and then Jack Plum 6'7 296 and he's now up to around 315 pounds well this could be the first offensive line I remember in a while at least with everyone over 300 pounds looking a bit more like the Minnesota and Wisconsin type of offensive lines who have gotten so massive well may help pave the way in that run game and a lot of it You know, a lot of really long guys that should be able to help protect the quarterback, too, with those long arms that the NFL loves so much. Well, this offense is young. but They have about five guys who've played a lot of snaps. The biggest concern at this point is center. Who can get up to speed the fastest to make that transition work? Can't replace Linderbaum. But you need a a competitive guy, uh, competent, who can get in there, make the snaps, whether it's quarterback, behind center, or in the shotgun. They needs to be able to competent be competent in both the run and pass games. And then right tackle, you know, really need improvement from one of those two guys to go take that position and be able to pass protect better this coming season. Well, that's it. Football practice is well underway. Uh, let me know your thoughts as we're moving into the 2022 season. I'm pretty optimistic about this team. You know, can a quarterback step away from the pack, complete 60-plus percent of his passes this year, hit on long balls with a fair amount of consistency. Can the offensive line hold up and just play quite a bit better this year than last year? Frankly, you know, there were times when they just didn't block anybody in the passing game, it seemed like. And if so, you know, this could be a really fun 2022 football season. The schedule is much tougher, but I think this could be a better team. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and go Hawks!